following program contains dangerous levels of Minnesota sports optimism. This is a reminder that positivity of this kind has never come to fruition unless Kirby Puckett or Maya Moore was involved. Pod Level Midnight is not responsible for physical, emotional, mental, or financial damage caused by believing in Minnesota sports teams. Listener discretion is advised. I promise when you put it up and you see that yoke, you can't do nothing but get your roll on. You can't do nothing but get your roll on. I got three words for you. You like that? Yeah! Easy. He jumped inside of me. How about a oot oot? He gets away from the pressure. Fires to the end zone. It's hot! It's Greg Lewis! Touchdown! Oh my heavens! This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. It is Sunday, October 30th, and the Minnesota Vikings have completed the perfect Kirktober as they move to 6-1, and one, uh, five-game winning streak, and I don't know, what is it, three, three-and-a-half games? We'll see clear in the division. 6-1, um, and one, hard to argue with it. Ryan, we're going to get to to all the all the pros and cons, but just to start, how does it feel being 6-1 and one with this win over the Cardinals? Um, it's great to be 6-1. and one. It... Um... This, I'd say this win felt a little more complete than the others that we've seen in the previous weeks. Um, again, just a one score game, um, eight points with the two point conversion, but I feel a little better. Um, I think there was a lot of, a lot of good things you could point to throughout this game as, as things to build on and uh, things that potentially got a little better through the bye week. Yeah. Yeah, I think compared to two weeks ago, and this is probably out of all the wins in this win streak, um, I'm the highest on the team right now as I've been really all season. And it was still a close game, but Cardinals obviously have have some talent. And, you know, that's life in the NFL, right? You're not going to be blowing teams out week in and week out or ever if you're the Vikings apparently. But <laughs> but still, I think what we saw on both sides of the ball today was um, the most encouraging that I've seen so far this season with some stuff probably improving out of the buy too but before we get to all the positives because i'm sure the the kool-aid is going to start flowing especially with the um the lead in the division but there are two glaring weaknesses that we saw glaring holes single positions that we saw today um and let me ask you this we know what the two are we're going to talk about them if you could replace one of them not necessarily by trade but like either a free agent or a backup coming in which one would you replace before next week's game at Washington? So you're replacing it with league average, let's say. In, in with both. the options available to us. So either we have someone on the roster or picking someone off the street, depending on the position you pick. Um, I would replace Greg. Yeah. And I don't, I don't even know what the options are. Bring back Kai. That. Kai available. I, yeah. I could be on board there. Um, I saw there was some complete blasphemy of someone saying, let's get Daniel Carlson back for a third round pick. Um, the Raiders are toast, but I mean, could we, we are not trading more <laughs> than a fifth for a specialist, but I would consider it. 
Um, yeah, Greg is my, my biggest issue. I, I don't know. He just, nothing's looking good in, in his game right Calling now. Calling that kick a blocked kick is very generous when he kicks it directly into the lineman's face from 50 whatever yards it was. I, I was surprised if the, I'd be surprised if that lineman even jumped. Um, I think it was more of a defense to try and not get hit in the underarm or something, but um, yeah, that was, I, I understand it's 56 yard field goal. You got to drive the ball a little bit, but you even if it's short, at least get it over the line. We have, we have <laughs> options there. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, the, the, the misses for Greg have been on long field goals on, on the field goal side, but he's now missed three extra points. Um, and I don't know if this Tyler Bass for the bills game, I was watching a little bit. He's made 94 consecutive extra points oh, in the wow. regular season. So the the thing that I really stick on is the extra points, you know exactly how far it's going to be. You can put it on whatever hash you want. Unless you're the Carolina Panthers, but that was too bad for them. Well, yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying no, I know. you can practice that kick a thousand times in a week if you really wanted to and you don't get super sore. Whatever. Extra points shouldn't be an issue. I can understand a miss here or there. It's 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 not a perfect science kicking a football. But we I mean maybe it's maybe it's at home. I mean, Greg Joseph has not made a field goal at US Bank Stadium since week one. It's the doors. It's the wind. The doors open today? That's what they said, yeah. Okay. So but I mean that that missed extra point. I get I mean the field goal it looked so bad, but it was like if he makes it, that's great. But not getting over the line is a sign that something is truly wrong. But, and the ones he's missed before that too have been not even close, but the extra point, the difference between being up eight and nine is that, you know, whenever that point was scored, the touchdown was scored eight minutes left or whatever it was in the game, nine minutes. And now we're sweating the whole rest of this game because it's an eight point lead instead of a nine point lead. If we were up nine, I don't think there's any way, you know, it comes down to, the wire like that not that they got close and you know they would have had a good two-point conversion too but that's such a difference um for the last for how the rest of that game played out it would have felt like a much more comfortable win i think had he just made that extra point so it's a big problem the other spot and i think if i had to predict one that could be an actual move could be made on i hope they move on greg or at least bring someone in but i don't know if they will wish they would have done it over the bye but right guard is the other spot right ed ingram um got blown up a lot by the ghost of jj watt today and we have what's his name chris reed that's supposed to be very serviceable um that we signed from indianapolis this this offseason i hope we see him on sunday in washington because that's how you get i mean they've managed it well we're talking more about kirk in a minute but um that's a glaring a glaring hole on the offense. Apparently he's pretty good in run blocking, but the pl- pass blocking stuff, I mean, if there was a strip sack. Um, there was stuff where he's not even, you know, holding up to the, I mean, it's not quite Ole Udo, but it's, it's bad. So, um, and maybe that's why Bradbury looks better this year is because they're attacking to his right instead of him. I'm not sure, but um, he doesn't seem quite ready. Uh, maybe long-term he can still be the guy, but, if we have a serviceable backup, I would like to see them um, come in. I think it would be Reed. Um, 
at the right guard spot. So that's that's the other major concern I have after this game today. Yeah, there was a stretch, um, I think, in the third quarter there where it was probably 10 or 15 plays in a row where Ed Ingram could not – he was beat every single time. Um, and it just – I it, it seems like when he does get beat, it's like, you know – Undelay bull. He's going way off, behind, like off the side of the. Yeah, I, I don't know how you end up behind the quarterback <laughs> on a on the the strip sack. How is mm-hmm. he behind the quarterback as a guard? Like, like what's going on? So he he's shown some great things, like you said, in the run game. Um, and I was hoping, you know, after the bye, you could really focus on a couple things, clean up a couple errors that people are exploiting. And and JJ Watt is is very smart. He's seen a lot of football. Um, I don't know to what extent his physical gifts are still with him, but um, he definitely exploited Ed Ingram today. And going into Washington um, with the Commanders, that defensive line is very stout up the middle. Um, so that would be a big test. And you know, like if we see Chris Reed and he plays well, great. Yeah. Yeah, so those are the two spots that we're kind of still worried about despite the win. Hope to see either some improvement there or maybe some changes made um, if this team is going to try to make a run um, through the second half of the season here. But let's go back to the first drive of the game. Um, The Vikings get the ball, which I like. I think that they, I think that was the Cardinals actually deferred, but I like starting with the ball um, for the offense um, and getting a chance to get ahead, which what they did, they go down, they score a touchdown on the first drive. When Kirk Cousins broke the pocket and was running down the sideline, what were you? What was going through your mind on that seventeen-yard touchdown run? Uh, my my, I was just, I didn't think he had the edge. I thought yeah. I thought get back to the line, um, at, at least make the keep this a, a manageable field goal because I believe it was third down. Um, yeah, third and four. So I, my thought is just get to the line, and then he he breaks the edge. I'm like, oh, I might get the first down. And then from that point, I was I, I had no idea what to think because um, I believe Kirk had already yeah he had run up the middle for three yards earlier on the drive, and that like you know I think C.J. Ham said it bet Lamar Jackson who this is the real number eight. <laughs> yeah, great play by him. Uh, way to finish and get into the end zone there. He was I mean he outran those linebackers that's for sure, and I think what we saw today was a lot of Kirk moving pretty well in the pocket, extending some plays. We did have the one strip sack, which I think he f- probably should have felt coming behind him, but um, made some nice plays with his legs, whether it was actually running or just getting outside the pocket or stepping up and making throws, extending plays in that way, which is, you know, an improvement that I think we have to be excited about. There was the one, of course, where he should have ran on third and one and he tried to throw it up for, for JJ and missed, but Otherwise, um, I will say on yeah. that play, he had JJ open. Mm-hmm. Um, he just made a bad throw. Like if he puts that on the numbers, it's a 15 yard gain and, and he's not taking a hit, but I think that is obviously one Kirk would want to have back, especially being on a third down like that. So what I've been thinking about with kind of the league as a whole and this Vikings offense, this new Vikings offense, and you know, it's modeled after a lot of the successful you know, quote unquote, McVeigh or Shanahan or whatever you want to say, these modern offenses that have been, I think in some cases, kind of slowed down across the league this year with scoring is down and big plays are way down. It seems like everyone's playing too high and 
limiting the the big shot plays unless unless you're like AJ Brown apparently today. But um, taking what the defense gives you, um, having a chance to be, especially when you're a team like the Vikings, you've got you've got the weapons um, with with Justin and Dalvin, whoever else. But um, for this offense to settle in and for Kirk to be able to take what the defense gives him is, I think the way that they can be more consistent and whether it's that, you know, that run on, on third down or um, finding some people over the middle. Um, I say all that, but of course the big play was forcing it to Justin in a certain way too, as far as um, getting down the field, but just in general, I think at times they've been maybe looking for, stuff beyond what was there. Um, so getting into a rhythm, taking what the defense gives you. And I think that they are able to execute in a way that beats that, even if you are getting either double teams or, or too high coverage or whatever that may be. But what do you think about kind of the, just the change in the league overall this year with scoring being down and, you know, you don't see a lot of people getting beat deep. Yeah. I, I think, I think you really said it best with, with the shot plays and like the, the big plays you're really not seeing seeing that um, if it is it's over double coverage you know like you know dj march there whoever you know yeah it seemed like justin had a lot of those week one um and and they've really dried up since then it's been you got to get them 10 to 15 at a time and and you're not going to get those 40 50 yard plays um i think taking what the defense gives you within reason um because specifically that that justin jefferson kind of turning point in the game contested catch that he had the play prior to that they were kind of running a high low um i can't remember who it was low that got the target but but justin was pretty wide mm. open osborne um, yeah, underneath yeah yeah and so that's that's one where the defense gave you the deeper shot and, and kirk needs to take that um and it seems like he's been struggling with kind of those high low overs this season i don't know if he's in his head too much, whatever it is, but um, he's, he's usually made the really, wrong really... choice a lot because he's thrown a couple picks on that when he's tried to push it, and then you know a lot of times it looks like it's over. So you know, yeah, I don't, I don't know what what it is with Kirk on those because normally he's pretty good. Um, even Kirk's accuracy throughout the year, this is probably his least accurate year as Vikings quarterback, um, and that's that's normally his bread and butter. Um, but I guess you know you focus on running the ball a little bit more, and maybe that'll suffer. So. Um, well, and that's Probably. what I think the defense was giving them today was was the run game, right? They were in the first half, they had over 100 yards rushing, I think, and kept it going into the second half, too. And at times, I think, I don't know if they were impatient or what, but they would feel, felt like when the middle of the game there, when they weren't scoring, you know, um, Arizona has 14 or 13 un, unanswered, whether it was um, if they went for the two-point conversion or not. But that was where it felt like they were getting away from the run at times, where you'd maybe have a nice run and then you'd, throw it three times in a row and end up punting or whatever it may be. So I think in some cases that will be what the defense is, is giving you and you have to keep taking it and taking it until, um, until something else opens up. So, I mean, they, they ran for, you know, what was it over 170 173 yards, yards rushing. So, so they, I mean, they stuck with, they went back to it, you know, in the second half, but it was, there were times where I feel like they got away from it a little bit and yeah, that's what the defense has given you. And that's where you're supposed to have this, this balanced attack. And I think that they, you know, they did come through and do it 
today, but there were times in the middle of the game there where that may have been have been the move instead of a few of the a few of the stalled drives that they ended up having. Yeah, and I, I can't remember at what point of the game it was, um, but it was very obvious that Kirk was changing the play at the line of scrimmage, and it was past 15 seconds on the play clock. Um, and he did check them into a run that gained, you know, I can't remember what it was. It was at least 10 yards um, in, in a big moment. But even that where, you know, pre-snap taking what the defense gives you and, and not getting greedy to the point where where you're passing, even though it's a light front that, that sets you up well. Um, the one thing I wanted to mention within the run game is I felt there was a lot of much more much much more misdirection in the run game and maybe that's something that kevin drew up throughout the the bye week um a lot the, of counters the one, that, yeah. one that sticks out is the fake handoff to cj ham and then the the backside pitch to delvin cook um i i love seeing that um and just you know giving the defense a little more eye candy even when you're running the ball well, him running to the outside, I feel like is something we haven't seen as much this year until today, which was, I mean, there's that pitch. There were a few, you know, more stretch plays. I know there was one where he like takes, he's out of the, you know, out of the backfield, takes two steps to the left and then actually cuts right, you know, just to get the flow going a little bit that way, takes the hand off to the right and goes around the edge. So his speed today, I think really stood out. Um, maybe it's coming off the bye. I don't know what it was, but if he can maintain that, some of that burst and, you know, outrunning people to the edge and people not even getting a hand on him, some of that kind of stuff um, was really encouraging to see. So speaking of the run game, uh, the Vikings had three touchdowns today that were scored from inside the five, um, two rushing and one, oh, one might've been the six, I don't know, the Madison one, but um, the two runs, the Madison run, the Dalvin Cook run, and then the play action to Munt. Um, it seems like all season, Kevin O'Connell has just been, you know, in his bag when it comes to these one yard or under, you know, under five yard goal line packages. And he really hasn't missed on those. I don't think that they've been, have been stopped. So, and they've can be wide open, you know, whether it's Munt or, you know, Irv Smith's had a few, Justin's had a few, and then the runs calling the runs at the right time too, with, with motion coming across and something we've always talked about as like armchair, offensive coordinators is like when you're inside the goal line like that, you know, or inside the red zone um, and you want to run the ball, spread it out, you know, get everyone out wide, maybe run some motion like they did and then run the ball instead of getting this goal line package, everyone, you know, inside of inside the hash marks and trying to, to bulldoze your way through. So both those runs, um, both Madison and Dalvin getting into the end zone, but, can't say enough, I guess, about the Vikings red zone offense, except for there was the one game, you know, that they struggled, but overall has been really good. So what have you seen from, from KOC there, especially in the, you know, five yards or less? I think he's doing a really good job of um, maybe doing a little bit of self scouting and putting things on tape. Um, the one that sticks out today was the, so Rieger touchdown, um, I believe against the Bears, where he comes in motion, kind of takes that jet sweep and scores. Um, they bring him into the game today, run that same motion, fake the the little pocket pass um, to him or pitch pass, whatever, and then hand it off to Delvin going the opposite way. And that defense is already flowing the opposite way of the play. It might have been the Madison run, but um, either way, there's just there's much less 
men to beat and and guys that have to win their block because you've already taken some out of the play. Um, I, I really like that. He has um, started to like work in more variation. And I think that is just coming with time, the bye week, different stuff like that, um, where you're in the same play, you're running the same motion, but then you're, you're targeting a different area or using it in a, in a different way. Um, they did a good job today on the one play where Kirk was almost called for intentional grounding. He was kind of dumping it off to, to Delvin and, um, Irv Smith was kind of coming behind the line. You see kind of Travis Kelsey do it a lot with the um, Chiefs. And, and this wasn't a goal line scenario, but Irv was wide open. So if, if you start giving a couple more options and, and stuff like that, I, I really like that. But KOC in the goal line has been really good. Um, I think maybe week one or two, I did complain about not using Delvin enough on, on the goal line. Um, but since then, and, and even all season, he's been really, really good in that area. Well, and I love the willingness to give it to Madison when he's in the game too, whether it's this, this, he had the screen pass touchdown against the saints and then running today, you know, for those, you know, not to have those indicators of, Oh, if Dalvin's not in the game, they're not going to run the ball. Right. But, you know, mm-hmm. maybe they're on their, on the back foot on their heels and and you're able to run right in with, with Madison with a pretty easy touchdown run there. So, and he's been, you know, I've done a 180 on him over the course of the season and not that I think they'll resign him or anything, but uh, I think he's run, he's run hard and he's, um, you know, showed a little burst too in his opportunities that he's gotten too. So, um, so I am much more, I guess, in favor of the kind of rotation that they have going this year than maybe in the past. So I'm happy with that too. So I do want to mention again, that play because the Justin Jefferson play, because I do think that that was I'm sure the muff punt was like the most in terms of win percentage, like the biggest swing, but that play I felt like was the turning point in the third quarter where uh, the Vikings had gone three and out their first possession. Now they're down three and it's third and six or whatever it was. And, you know, Kirk just throws a jump ball up to Justin and he comes down with it for 30 yards or whatever it ended up being, but that kind of play, you know, a playmaker making a play like that, they end up scoring on that drive, taking the lead. And then I don't know if they went behind again after that. I don't think they did. So um, just a great play. And, you know, we talk about wanting to give Justin those opportunities more and more. Um, there's a fine line between, you know, forcing it and, you know, potentially ended up with some picks, but especially if he's single covered like that, I think the jump ball there is a better, a better bet than, you know, Irv Smith with half a step on a linebacker or something like that. So just a great play by Justin didn't have a huge game overall by his standards, but made some big plays when it, when they needed it. Yeah. And I think the, the part that really stuck out to me for that play is um, that was right around the stretch where Ed Ingram is getting beat 10 to 15 plays in a row. And, and Kirk is really under distress. He misses the play before to Justin on the high low. Um, and you had messaged me at the time that, you know, Kirk is flustered and, and everybody well, knows they, Kirk... they were picking up some blitzes and he was still getting thrown the ball away before the pressure actually got there, you know? Right. And, and everybody knows what Kirk looks like when he gets into um, what I'd say is like conserve a Kirk or something along those lines where he, he goes through his progressions entirely too quickly to get to a check down to try and not get hit. Um, but he throws that jump ball to JJ. He comes down with it miraculously. I've watched it probably 10 times and still don't really understand how he gets his body turned around to catch it. Um, but he, 
Kirk seemed to be a little more his normal self after that, where he's standing in the pocket, making some good throws and, and stuff like that. So if, if Kirk can, I think this is one of the first times I've seen Kirk really go flustered and then maybe come back and, and be, be solid. Um, if Kirk can figure that out, then I feel a lot better about this team going forward. Well, that's where, cause I think that was Justin's first catch since the first, he only had two in the first half and they were both on like the first two drives, I think. So that's where, you know, the difference between forcing it to him and getting him involved with, you know, confidence that he's going to win a matchup like that. That's where it is up to Justin to make those plays because, you know, if Kirk's going to trust you with a, with a jump ball, you need to at least make sure it's not getting picked. Cause there've been a few where he's got knocked off a route or ran the wrong route or wrong route or whatever and got picked, especially in the Eagles game, right? So that's where I think for Kirk knowing, okay, Justin is back a part of this offense. You know, I'm sure the the Cardinals were doing a lot to take him away for, you know, double teaming him and, and whatnot for those quarter and a half or so. But I think for him to be able to say, you know, we can get Justin back in the flow of the offense, but also don't feel like I need to be forcing it to him, you know, because we are moving the ball. You know, that just opens up everything else where some of the other, you know, contributors are going to get opportunities too. So I want to move to the defense in just a minute, but I don't want to lose sight of, you know, what statistically looked like a decent game from wide receivers two and three. But all the rumors this week were, you know, the Vikings are involved looking at Jerry Judy or um, Brandon Cooks or I don't know what other names are out there, but trade deadlines coming up next week. And the question of are we getting enough from our other receivers? And I'll just say pass catchers as a whole, because, you know, or throwing Irv Smith or the other tight ends in there. I mean, it's a nice catch by KJ, even though he was covered for the touchdown, you know, Thielen had some moments, but still feels like his biggest plays this season have all been drawing penalties. So, um, and the other question being, if you are going to look to trades for someone, if it can be someone that's around for the long haul, when, I don't know if this team has any weapons you can count on a year or two from now with, you know, Dalvin getting older, Thielen, you know, on his last legs, probably KJ, we don't know for sure has not burst out in the way that we hoped, I guess. So what are you, how are you feeling about the rest of the weapons, I guess, on offense? I'm willing to count on Justin Jefferson two years from now. What did I say? <laughs> You said you don't know if there's anyone you can count on. Uh, other than what, uh, if there's more than one is what I meant. Oh, of course. okay, okay. Yes. okay. Extend <laughs> him, pay him whatever he wants. Um, yeah, I think the – I think I've wanted a little more out of Irv and and he's just not there. I think the coaching staff has been willing to to do that and it's just not – it's not going to be that. Um, Meanwhile, Tyler Conklin looking pretty good over there in New York, but you know, yeah, quite, quite good. Um, and he was good last year. So more power to him. That's great. Thielen six for 67. I feel like that's what we've been asking of him. Um, I feel like those 67 yards came very quietly today. Looks like he had a long of 18 and he probably ran 40 on that, that loop. Um, but I but if that's him- all that we're asking for him, he's just not the guy, you know, that he was in his prime, which is understandable, but that's not a top wide receiver duo in the NFL anymore. There's so many <laughs> that are so good watching Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle or the um, 
you know, Devonta Smith and, and AJ Brown, there's four or five others that could list before we even consider the Vikings as a, you know, top wide receiver core as a whole. Yeah. Yep. And I think that in the NFL and the way it's going, and as often as you want to have three wide receivers on the field in, in this Kevin O'Connell offense, um, the Vikings very much should be in the market for, for a wide receiver to 2.5, 1.5, whatever it ends up being. Um, depending on how they're able to work that with the cap and, and what you want to give up draft capital wise. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But the w- one thing I would bring up on the receiving stats today, Johnny Munt with about a perfect stat line, one reception, one yard, one touchdown, one target, keeping it pretty clean. But I think the Eagles put on tape how to really slow down this offense again. And then the Lions did the same thing with commit everybody to Jefferson and make somebody else beat you. Now, Adam has drawn a lot of penalties this year, but KJ Osborne, five targets, two catches, and eight yards just doesn't seem like he's he's the guy for number three. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm not saying we absolutely have to trade for a receiver at the deadline. If they say, you know, we want to evaluate more, we think the offense, you know, can come along over the course of the season, you know, maybe give Rager some opportunities. That's fine with me. But if the opportunity is there, especially for a guy that would potentially be like cooks, wouldn't fit this description because he's old, but you know, a younger guy that has a chance to be a part of the future that you're building, you know, a, a year or two from now, I would be aggressive about trying to make a, a trade in that, in that lane. But I'm not, you know, saying we have to, in order to, remain competitive because i mean this is where my thing is never believe the hype in in training camp if it's about a third receiver because we heard about chad bb we've heard about you know bc johnson and now everyone was saying kj osborne looks so good this preseason but it has not translated i mean mean, i'm not like totally out on him but i'm just waiting for the offense i guess to capitalize on this because i mean justin jefferson's not going off in the way that we know that he can. So that means there should be these opportunities for others. The last thing I'll say is speaking of Justin Jefferson, maybe this is Quasi's master plan of if we can make Justin Jefferson statistically this season, more like a top five wide receiver instead of top one or two, when those extension talks come this off season, you know, then maybe we can save five mil a year or something like that off the top. But, um, that's my concern. Five mil a theory. year. A, no, I don't know. I'm just five yeah. mil total. Maybe we can say. Yeah. So, but hey, I mean, it, if he's it, getting it all like works 30, out. you know? Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. And I don't, I, I would be shocked if that's Quasi's master plan, but no. um, I agree. I think if you're, if it's Jerry Judy, and I don't know what that price tag looks like from Denver, um, but I feel like it's somebody like that that you'd have to trade for. Um, a receiver on a rookie contract to make it work with the cap space, but you can build around for the future. Um, don't really love the idea of Brandon Cooks unless the Texans are eating a lot of that salary and the draft capital isn't much. So I don't, I don't know why they would do that deal. Um, the, other, the other rumor we've heard is Odell Beckham Jr. And I just don't, the Vikings have a, I believe the least amount of cap space in the league, if not bottom five. 
Um, so I just, I just don't see that happening. Also, I mean, he won the Super Bowl last year and he was, he had some moments, but he's not, it's not like he was that great last year. Trust me, I had him in fantasy. Like I was watching all year, you know, um, I don't know why we expect him to come in and be like a top, you know, an elite number two receiver or something like that, especially coming off the injury. So I wouldn't necessarily go that route. Although if they do, I will be excited. So <laughs> that's how it goes. Exactly. Let's talk about the defense. Cause even though they gave up the most points they've given up all season today, I felt pretty good about the performance. And my take at this point is I don't really see like, I don't want to say that I don't see a weak spot because I'm not saying that this is like an elite defense, but I don't see a glaring weakness like on this defense. Like there's not one area where one corner is getting beat over and over again. I mean, it was Dantzler today, but that's that's DeAndre Hopkins, right? And it was not like he was getting beat deep, you know? So I think they're solid in the secondary. I think they're solid in the middle. The run defense is really improved. And then the pass rush, you know, is is affecting the game in that way too. So I don't really see like a a weakness on this defense to the point of being something that we have to worry about week in and week out. I just think they're solid across the board and they might be right at that, you know, league average top, maybe top 12 at the best. Um, but if that's where they're at, then I would be pretty excited about what that means for the team moving forward. So what do you think? Yeah, I would agree that I think, um, I think the defense has looked good and, and maybe it's the shell coverage, and and I don't think they've been nearly in the amount of shell coverage. They were pretty aggressive at least today, yeah. Off the ball that that we saw in in previous weeks, but um, it it seems like they're in more more zone, more of that where it's it's less on one guy and more just everybody being in their spot. The one concern I have is Chandon Sullivan. I just feel like he's maybe more of a linebacker speed than cornerback speed. The way I see him play, but um, he also, I feel like, plays pretty smart. You know, in the Packer game, he almost blew up that screen for a pick. Um, he finds himself in a good spot a lot of the time. But I think if the Vikings are able to rush the passer um, the way they did today, that that will be good. Um, and I think that was a great test in Kyler Murray because normally that mobile quarterback really hurts the Vikings and, and hurts really hurt the Vikings. Um, so if they maybe – over those last six weeks, whatever it was since the Eagles game, um, became a little more dis- disciplined in their their gap assignments and their rush lanes and different stuff like that. That I think is the the cog that drives this defense. Um, and I think you and I have talked about it on this pod. Is we're not asking them to hold teams to ten seven to ten points, but if you can at least be formidable where your offense is getting a break. Um, you know, they're not, they're not gassed to an extent. And then you force one or two turnovers and give them a short field. Then that's exactly what we're at. We want out of this defense in order to play complimentary football. Yeah. And that's what they've really done this season. What they could never do last season is the complimentary football, which, you know, the Vikings force two turnovers today. Um, or was it three with the muff, but um, taking advantage of those turnovers and scoring off of them and scoring touchdowns off of them instead of, you know, and then when they do, you know, the Vikings get a turn, give the fumble to the Cardinals, hold them to three, right? So stuff like that, where you are helping your other unit out, getting the timely turnovers, 
I mean, it was pretty inexplicable, the ball that Kyler threw up and Harrison Smith came down with, but, you know, you have to capitalize off that, and they did. So that's where I do think that they're fitting each other well, and even if this isn't an elite defense, it's the type type of defense that this team needs. And I think something that's really improved over, you know, after the first three weeks of the season or so is the run defense. I mean, they weren't getting run at all today. Kyler broke a couple, you know, after a play breaks down, but you know, those running backs weren't getting free at all. You know, I feel like the first several weeks of the season this year, it was like, Oh, you can run on this Vikings defense, you know, and maybe, maybe that was just the way that they were playing with, with lighter boxes and stuff. But I think that they've really improved on that. Hopefully Dalvin Tomlinson's all right and continue to be a, a force in the middle. But the other thing would be the, other than the one drive where Rondell Moore like broke a couple long ones, I think they tackled really well um, and have done that for, for the most part the last few weeks. Um, the physicality is is improving and is there, which maybe we didn't see early in the season either. Yeah, and I think um, maybe Eric Hendricks is becoming a little more um, confident in, in this 3-4 defense because he had a game today. He was reading um, stuff today, yeah. Especially, I feel like maybe it was the second quarter. Um, he was just, he blew up a screen and then shot a gap for a tackle for loss and another pass breakup. He, he had a really good game. Um, and we talked about it in previous weeks that all of this is new on both sides of the ball for this Vikings team. So hopefully if you stack up some wins and then build on what you have going, um, you know, you can get lucky. So I think the run defense has looked great. Um, just looking at the box score, their top running back had 22 yards and their number two guy had eight. So 30 yards given up to running running backs. You should be able to do that. And potentially some of that is game script. But um, the, the vibe from week one against the Packers on the defensive side of the ball for the Vikings to this were week one, we were saying it's it's, great that the Packers choose to throw the ball because that's the only way we can stop them mm-hmm. um where now I I have much less concern about the run defense for the Vikings like you've said well and with with every win what we can see with this team is with every win whether it's fraudulent or not the confidence is is growing especially on the defense I think I think the offense sometimes you know they, they have stops and starts but you know you get to six and one you get to see you know some things come to fruition which is you know believing in in your team and even if you get down in every game in the second half or you blow a you know an 11 point lead or whatever it was um the confidence to to stay together and you know it's a it's a team game and stuff like locker room morale and stuff as much as we may joke about it i think that we're starting to see that you know come to fruition with this team which is is exciting and i think especially the defense like I don't know if they're better or worse than last year's defense overall, but the way that they're playing with with confidence and flying around it and getting to the ball compared to, I mean, just compare the, they're in a similar situation last year in the Lions game in Detroit, right? Where Detroit gets a ball with two minutes left and no timeouts and has a chance to drive down the field. Compare how quickly Detroit got down the field and into the end zone in that game compared to today where, I mean, I I didn't think the clock was going to be a factor because you know, two minutes is a long time, even without timeouts. So I was hoping the offense would be more aggressive, but I was wrong. Like they, the time is what ran out rather than the Cardinals. Um, 
you know, turning over and downs or anything like that. So um, keeping him in front of them and, you know, playing smart, disciplined, you know, aggressive defense has come through for this team several times now during the season when they've needed it most, you know, on a, on a last second drive. Absolutely. And uh, like you said, if they just continue to, you know, build off that, that chemistry and that, that confidence, um, the one thing I will say about the defense is, and maybe, you know, Patrick Peterson dug deep because it was his old team, but he has looked very good this year for compared to last year. Um, and I think that was a big concern coming into the season, his age and, and how long is he going to be able to keep it up? And maybe that he's, you know, being asked to do less man on man, different stuff like that this year, but he has looked really good. Um, he almost came down with that interception on the jump ball to, to Robbie Anderson. And I, I think he'd want that one back because it seemed like he had it right, right in the one hand. But um, yeah, this, if you don't ask a lot from this defense, then they shouldn't, shouldn't really let you down. Yeah. Yeah. And we, you know, we should at least mention Zadarius Smith had three sacks a day and was all over the place. And hopefully he's able to stay healthy and continue because I mean, watching the watching the Packers, they probably could use a guy like that, don't you think, on their defense? So he's been, I mean, he's been everything we hoped he'd be so far this this season. So still waiting One for Daniel, thing, kind of, but yeah. I, I would say Daniel looked really good today, especially against the run. I Just think, not in the way that we are used to with him, you know, like as correct. far as. Yes. Um, the one thing when you're comparing this defense to last year is, knock on wood, this defense is a lot healthier. Oh, yeah. Um, and this this team in general is a lot healthier, so we hope that can, can keep up um, because that's, like I said, the cog that turns this Vikings defense is pass rush. And if one of those guys goes down, that makes it a lot harder. Well, by this time last year, cause it was the Halloween game where Daniil got hurt. Um, we'd lost our entire defense, starting defensive line um, at that <laughs> point. So, um, so yeah, definitely a big, a big factor and hopefully they can continue to be healthy and hopefully Delvin Tomlinson is, is all right and able to get back quickly. So, so it's Washington next week. Um, and just watching them, I wish Carson Wentz was healthy because I'd rather play him than Taylor Heineke, but revenge game. Um, as long as he doesn't get locked out of his house at any time this week, we should have <laughs> a revenge game with him. Um, but looking ahead, the, so six and one, um, a winnable game next week. Um, never, you know, never count your your chickens, especially on a in a road game, but um very winnable game and whether they win or not, six and one as we look across the NFC. And I'm starting to come around to where you've been for a week or two with Chiz. It's two seater bust at this point because the division is looking very, very in hand um in a lot of ways. And I mean, if you're six and one, you've got 10 games left. If you go five and five, that's 11 and six. If you go six and four, that's 12 and five, which I think 12 and five probably gets you the two seed. And I mean, looking at the Viking schedule, like that's maybe a conservative estimate, but you know, we don't want to assume, assume anything either. But if we look at it, we're going to assume the Eagles or whoever wins the NFC East is going to get the number one seed, assuming that'll be the Eagles. But after that, the Vikings are six, are six and one. The next best team is the NFC West, five and three Seahawks, but they also have the Niners, Rams, um, and Cardinals. All you know, they're all going to continue to play one another. And then I, I'm going to say right now, I don't think the NFC South is getting the two seed. 
which is the Falcons are in first place right now. Atlanta, baby. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I think 12 and five probably gets you there. And maybe that's even a, I mean, would you take 12 and five right now? If I could give you 12 and five, I might, but I mean, it's possible. I just don't think 13 wins is on the table, but who knows? 12 and so 12 and five is six and four the rest of the way. Yeah. I'm not going through week to week, but I'm just thinking overall. 13 is just a big number. But anyway, I still think that'll get you there. I mean, because the Seahawks are five and three, but I don't know. I don't think they're getting there. Six and four, and you've got five home games left. So, you know. Man, and we've already had – see, that's what I'm talking about with this favorable schedule. Like, we've already had four home games. We've got five more. Like, what a world. Yep. So, I – I think I'd take it just because of the way the NFC is shaping up. I think that's enough. It, it should be enough for the division. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. But um, I think I'd take it. And they got the, five losses after tonight. Yeah. I have been uh, blowing up Josiah's DMs. Um, <laughs> we didn't do a pod over the bye week, but the bye week went about as well as possible for the Vikings. Um, seemed like any every NFC team lost. And when two NFC teams played each other, the the one lower in the standings won. Um, shout out to my Washington Commanders knocking off the Packers. Um, but yeah, this this schedule is like you said, not not going to count our eggs before they've hatched. But if you can win that game against the Commanders, that that showdown against the Bills, which we may be exposed as frauds, um, but I don't I don't necessarily care on an AFC team if. If we have to play the Bills again yep. in 2022 slash 2023, I will be very happy. <laughs> so uh, I think that's that's great. Um, I don't see the Seahawks winning their division. Um, and so I think that's... I think gonna, they might, but I don't think it'll be at 12 wins, but yeah. I think that division is just going to beat up on each other. Right. Um, and then the, the NFC South, if... If Atlanta wins that division, then I was way off on my preseason projection. So who 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 else is going to come and take that two seed if not the Vikings? Yeah, and we won't have any. We played our NFC West opponent today, so we're not going to have a Niners or Seahawks tiebreaker head-to-head. So it'll just come down to, you know, record or an additional tiebreaker. So, But again, yeah, I think that those – teams are going to beat up on one another and hopefully, you know, the Vikings are able to take care of business within the division and their other division games coming up, which um, will all be on the road, but yeah. And the other thing, last thing I would mention on just kind of the schedule. And like you said, five home games remaining, it does seem like the home field advantage is not that it was ever gone, but it's really coming back. I mean, we saw um, Arizona today, several delay of games and then Cliff Kingsbury. I don't know what is he's thinking because taking a timeout to avoid a delay of game in the fourth quarter on a first and 10 at like midfield is just not the move. And then of course you run out of time at the end. So Kevin O'Connell, we may have questioned a few decisions here or there, but looking much more competent from a coaching angle um, today than, than his opponent. So even though there are a lot of penalties on both sides, which, might have been a product of the ref crew more than anything mm-hmm. else. But any other overall thoughts today's game? Um, Viking season, looking forward. 
I'm pushing my chips in. I'm saying, you know, I think the two seed is right there for us. Um, there's a long, long season to go, but when you start this well, and I still don't think we've played our best game. Um, and we look at the schedule, I think, why not? Um, why not make a run for it? And that would be, you know, a potential second round home game. If you, you know, if you win that wildcard game and then who knows from there. So let's get excited. Vikings fans. I maybe, maybe I wasn't there in past weeks, but I'm, I'm getting there. I've got, I've got two things for you. Um, number one, I'd say the two, I guess the two families that, that I really see Vikings had their Halloween party over the weekend. Um, you've got Kirk and Julie cousins and the kids dressing up as Sesame street characters. Um, Kirk being Oscar, Oscar the Grouch. Um, and then you've got the Thielens, um, Adam, Caitlin, and their kids dressing up as, as Power Rangers. Who are you giving that that showdown to, Sesame Street or Power Rangers? Um, I think I like the Sesame Street a little better because of the diversity of costumes. The Power Rangers, just different colors, same appearance. You know what I mean? Yep, um, I got you there. I don't know what... Nothing will beat Kirk Cousins as Buzz Lightyear for me um, <laughs> on Halloween, but um, yeah, that's that's where I'm gonna have to go. Um, sight unseen, but we've had we've had some good ones in the past. We should also mention, of course, today Jared Allen gets into the Ring of Honor. Good for him. I can't believe they let him ride a horse onto the field, but Ragnar is rolling in his grave somewhere. I've seen that. But um, <laughs> here's my question: What is that horse's? Um bathroom schedule look like because that right? is quite risky to me they second thing I've, through, yeah second thing i've got for you is um delvin cook and zadarius smith pointed to big kirko getting a chain for christmas um that they're cooking up something special do you got anything to add that that really would hit home for kirk i know justin's got the the diamond lace jet on his chain um, Darius has got some type of spinner, maybe a big Latrell Speedrail fan. What do you got for Kirk? <laughs> this is an easy one for me. It's got to be the conversion van. Just that's a van, good. a diamond crusted van for Kirk. That, that's good. I feel like you've given that some thought because that I that's way I did. I thought of it immediately when you put the the uh, Darisaw chain on. So <laughs> I don't know if I want him to become that self aware or not, but you know. Let's run with it. Let's run with the momentum as far as we can go. Last question. Trade deadline is on Tuesday. I'm not going to ask you to predict a specific trade, but will the Vikings make a trade, yes or no? Yes. Vikings make a trade to acquire draft capital. They trade somebody away. Oh, <laughs> we're selling. We're sellers at the deadlines out of nowhere. That'd be interesting. Hopefully it's not O-line depth because we might need to test that here pretty quickly. Um I'm going to go no just because that's the safe bet usually on the NFL trade li- deadline, but I know Quasi has been, been quick to make trades, so I I would not be surprised if he does, uh, but I don't know if it's something that will materialize that's going to be enough of a, you know, something to move the needle for the rest of the season. But, you know, you're 6-1, and one, let's, let's play with what we've got, you know, and, and go from there. But I do think that long-term there may be some, there could be some advantageous moves out there to make too. So, so we will see. Um, I know people have been calling about Madison, but I, people will be shocked to hear me say this, but I say, don't trade Alexander Madison. Let's ride it out. Let's, 
get there. I mean, Dalvin hasn't missed a game yet. I'm sure the time's coming. So um, I like what I've seen. So, and people, uh, how many teams need to trade for running backs? Like there's already been a few, like there's no way that many teams need a running back. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I feel like your Ty Chandler stance has really taken a hit since, since we, he's supposed to be coming back soon. Yeah. So that would be the only reason you could trade Madison. If you think he's, Everything you need in a backup to Delvin. But, yeah, I agree. Keep him. Dance with who brung, who's brung you. You got six six and one. Um, undefeated in the division. The division is, is looking very winnable at this point. And, you know, the NFC is looking great. So, love for them not to be sellers. I don't know necessarily other than receiver which i feel like i called for a receiver a couple weeks ago and and everybody called me crazy but um i think that unless you can somehow trade for kicker or a right guard (laughs) that'll move the needle then then that's what we're looking at so i'm just checking packers twitter and for those that are listening it's like mid third quarter right now um just they're just flabbergasted that jair alexander is not covering Stefan Diggs, which I don't know. I don't understand why they think he's Darrell Rivas or something these days. Well, I would they, they never to, give him that treatment. <laughs> I'd love to enlighten them as to why. Um, Stefan Diggs caught a touchdown pass early second quarter. Um, he has now caught a, pass, a touchdown pass in his last eight games against the Packers, dating back to his time with the Vikings. So, um, we had some good times. Maybe, we really did. Maybe maybe that's the bet we got to be making. Digs over on touchdowns when he plays the Packers. So I probably should save this for whenever we play the Bills, but not that this will – this is not a prediction of any kind, but if and when either of these teams were to make it back to the Super Bowl, how fitting would it be for the two 0-4s to have to come up against one another for that? For that time, I love it. They probably end in a tie somehow. <laughs> Super Bowl ends in a tie. I could see it. Oh, four <laughs> and one, though, baby. Not to be confused with 41 Donut. Oh, man. Well, that is week, what is it, week eight? Uh, Vikings are six and one and heading to Washington next week. So we have a dual quarterback revenge game um, between Kirk and Taylor Heineke. Who is still getting called Tyler Heineke? I heard it on the broadcast today. So tough beat for him. I've uh, been around for a while now, but he's a shifty guy. I think should be a good game. I, I mean, we didn't talk a ton about the Cardinals today, but as far as opponents go, I would say they are pretty middle of the road. But you know, there's there's a lot of talent there. But we saw the ways that they beat themselves too. So I think similar matchup with Washington next week. I think are they four and four? Um, so. Not not an easy win on the road or anything like that, but a game that, you know, if the Vikings are who we think they are, they should be able to go in there and and put up a competitive effort and potentially come away with a seven and one record and then head to Buffalo from there. So yeah, it's yeah. exciting times. Yeah, what I will say is this is the the Arizona team with DeAndre Hopkins is a much better team right. than they have been the first six weeks of the year. So don't let that three and five record necessarily fool you. Yeah. And I mean, in the NFL this year, it's no record is fooling anyone. I don't think it's pretty, pretty wild across the board. So 
yeah, excited to see what, especially later in November. I don't know if we're, I don't know if we're rolling Kirktober into Kirk, Kirkvember, but um, the couple of big games, big home games there towards the end of the month that could be really, really exciting atmospheres within US Bank Stadium as we move forward. And then, like we said, the hope is a couple home games in the playoffs this year. So that would be very exciting. It's been, been a while. So there's, yeah, I'm already, feeling a little sick to my stomach but i'm also excited yeah nothing but nerves but (laughs) plenty of them absolutely that's where i'm at i'm gonna let myself now believe to the point of to quote michael scott i'm ready to get hurt again so here we go here we go so all right thank you sir and we will see you next week after washington school in situations like this there's only two money guys on this team find them Find him. Hey, what you gonna do today? I got my A game. You got your A game? Yes, sir. You got his A game.